Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 593, and today we're going to be talking all about reviews and feedback and the new update or the discussion that people have been having with following up with our customers. How much can we? Can we at all? Well, I've invited on a good friend of mine, Mr. Chris Guthrie, to talk about this and to kind of see what he thinks about the future of uh, this uh, feedback and reviews and all of that stuff. So Chris, what's up, my friend? Scott, thank you so much for the invites. Glad to be back and yeah. uh, happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Always fun catching up and and talking shop. Uh, you know, you and I also like to talk, you know, just amongst ourselves about uh, other things that we're working on, real estate, whatever it may be, uh, sites that we might want to buy, all of that fun stuff. Because why? Because I don't know, we like things to work on, I guess. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why I wanted to have you on, obviously, um, you have a, um, a tool called Salesbacker, and there's a bunch of other tools out there as well that do very similar things, which is really following up with our customers. And I, I think people still uh, are... I think they're they're still worrying about getting more reviews and getting feedback and you know what can we do? Um, what should we do? First thing I just want to say is, you know, before we even dive into this, is that you know, I've said this for the longest time is you should not be launching your products depending on or making it dependent on you getting a whole bunch of reviews. I think that's where your product research comes in. I think you should go after products with low competition that don't need a lot of reviews. And I say not a lot, like 200 or less would be a good number to shoot for. If you're going after ones that have thousands, it's going to be a long road and a long journey. And you'll probably be tempted to do some black hat stuff, which we don't want you to do. But what I do want to talk about here today, Chris, is the big announcement that everyone's been kind of talking about. I want you to kind of give me what you know and what is best practices as of recording this, and um, we can kind of go from there. So what has happened in the Amazon platform or channel with uh, following up with your customers? Yeah, so this has been kind of an interesting one. Like I know I've been on in the past to talk about different changes that Amazon's made. Um, there's been quite a few over the, the last several years that we've been in the space and talking about it. But on the most recent one, and I'll just say up front that it was actually they instituted this change and then they removed the change and the language isn't on the page anymore. So it's kind of like this limbo <laughs> mode where we're like, okay, are you going to make this come back? Are you going to just leave it? Are you going to change it and then bring it back? So it's sort of a limbo mode, but um, I'll just start with from the beginning and where we're at today. So uh, well, where we were at in the past. October 11th was when they added on their um, communication guidelines page, which I can give you this link as well, so you can include in the show notes. Uh, Scott. Okay. But they basically added on the page that said something along the lines of, well, actually it is specifically, uh, you are allowed to send one email per order to request a, re a customer review. And okay. so at the time we were telling people, okay, what they're saying is that you can't have, you know, if you have two emails that say, uh, include your review link, then, you know, you would just not, you just remove that review link. And so you could instead ask, you know, seller feedback and that link right. for that, that email instead. Sure. And so we basically just told sellers to modify their existing email campaigns um, so that if they had, um, you know, two emails that were saying a review, then you could say ask for seller feedback instead, or in one of those emails, you could include just, you know, thanks for purchasing. And so you can still definitely still send, you know, more than one email, you know, for example, like your first email might be, Thanks for purchasing, and then you can include your PDF bonus or you know an instruction manual if you have a product that is more complex and you want to include a digital copy for customers as well. Mm -hmm. um, your second email could be for seller feedback, where you could ask for you know seller feedback, and then the third email will be you know asking for a product review. 
And that's actually, I think, if I recall, that's kind of the way that you like to recommend doing your email campaigns uh, back when we first talked about oh, yeah. years ago, right, Scott? Yeah, absolutely. And I still think that that's a great way to do it because, again, you're not out there just saying like, hey, give me a review. It's kind of like, you know, you're making sure that they've received what they were supposed to receive. If there was any questions, if there any problems, whatever, you could, you know, be you know aware of it and you could take care of them. I mean, it, to me, it's always come down to how do you give the best customer service that you possibly can so they'll just automatically give you a good review anyway. Yeah. Right. Or feedback. But yeah, you're right. That's the first thing. And then obviously the second one was always feedback. And then if they if they had given us feedback, um, a lot of times they'd give you a feedback, but it's really a review in the feedback. And then we would just follow back up with them and say, hey, can you know, if, if you wouldn't mind, would you leave us a review um, and let us know? you know, how we did or whatever like that. So this way here, it wasn't directly asking for the review. And the other cool thing is, is then if they did leave a review and it was in the, in the feedback, a lot of times you could just get that removed because it wasn't, it wasn't a feedback, um, you know, review. Technically it was more of just, you know, a review on the feedback, which that's not what Amazon wants. They want feedback as a seller. How did they do? Exactly. Yep. So, so yeah. feedback, if it's a product review that's left in the seller feedback field, then that's technically, not what they want. It's more just they just have that metric primarily for third-party sellers to make sure that they're delivering products well. Which, if you're using FBA, then you know you are because Amazon's taking care of it. Um, and so that's kind of why it's that separate metric, and and uh, in that way you can can kind of help filter out some of those negative reviews that might have been posted as seller feedback. Right. Okay. So okay. So from what you're gathering, okay, from reading what they had said, and then they took it away and whatever, um, but basically saying like you can send one request for review, but it didn't say anything that you can't follow up and say, Hey, I just wanted to make sure that you got everything. Okay. And here's a free resource for you to go check it out. Or here's, um, you know, a PDF that will help you set up your new item or whatever. It, it didn't say anything about that. It just said you can only send one request for review. Is that correct? Exactly. Like it was just, it's very explicit, explicit that, um, you know, one of the emails that you can send is, is to ask for a customer review, essentially. You know, you're allowed to, to send one email per order to, to request a customer review. Okay. And they didn't say, you know, you're allowed to send one email, period. It's just you're allowed to send one email per order to request a customer review. And so you can still send, you know, other emails that might be related to customer service needs or, or things like that. Uh, and so okay. that's what it was, is, is, is just that one kind of change. Okay. And so for everybody getting, you know, like, uh, upset and, and thinking like, oh my gosh, I can't send any more emails. Um, that's not necessarily the case, right? It's, it's just the review request is what they're talking about. Now, whether they change that can't say a hundred percent for sure. I mean, no one can say what Google's going to do on their next update in their algorithm or whatever, right? Like we can't say what's going to happen. Um, but we can say as of right now, that is how we believe that it's interpreted uh, as far as the terms of service. Exactly. I mean, I think the best way to look at it is that um, Amazon's always going to be making some of these changes from time to time. And mm. generally speaking, people tend to overreact. Sellers tend to overreact. And so sometimes they overreact by just like, oh, I'm just not going to send any, any emails at all now, even though that's mm. not at all what, what the change was related to. And so we'll see stuff like that in like, customer support tickets will come in and then there's just kind of a flurry of activity where people are kind of concerned. And then it's like, well, no, this is actually what's going on. People calm down and then, and then it kind of dies down. And then in this case, October 24th was when they actually removed that section. It was section four of their communication guidelines on that page, um, which removed entirely. So 
they've done this in the past where they've added and then removed language. And so, again, that may happen here. Maybe they just add it right back in exactly as it was. Uh, mm. But for the most part, it's just try not to overreact too much. Just look at what the text says literally and then make your decisions based on that. And of course, if you have questions and you're using Salesbacker or you're using someone else, but you still have questions, you can always reach out to us and, and we can kind of give you our interpretation of, of what the current state is um, when changes come in. Yeah. And I would, I would even, uh, you know, I would even say this, like, let's say for example, that that was the case. You could only send one email, not asking for a review or a feedback or just any notifications. Let's just say there was only one that you could send. I still think that I would send that one email and I still would use a tool to do that for me because yeah. to me, I'd rather automate something and have it be as though like I hired a VA to go in there and on all my orders, you know, if I sold 65 units yesterday, there's going to be 65 emails that are going to go out when that product was delivered to that person, right? Like I would rather do that than have to even hire someone. And that's why I'm still a promoter and a fan of Salesbacker. And I've been using it and, you know, it's working wonderfully. And I've got, you know, students of mine that are using it and even just listeners. Um, so, and I know still you're, you're also still offering, um, basically the, uh, the, the free trial so you can go in and test it out without even putting a credit card in and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. 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 So guys, if, if you're not doing that, I would definitely recommend following up with at least one email just to let the people know that purchased from you, that you have great customer service. And if all it said was, I'm just checking in, I wanted to thank you. And I wanted to see if you had any questions because we want to take care of our customers. Cause that's what we do here at XYZ company. Like that's, that's what you should be doing. Um, definitely check out Salesbacker, the amazing seller.com forward slash Salesbacker. Um, and again, I'll leave everything up in the show notes, the amazing seller.com forward slash Salesbacker. Yes, I am an affiliate for it. And yes, I do earn a cup of coffee from Chris. So Chris, thank you for the coffee, by the way. Um, it's always, uh, it's always good when, uh, when I get <laughs> to drink a cup of coffee from you. Um, so, you know, just to let you guys know, like, the thing I love about Salesbacker too, and you guys being able to try it is like, you don't even have to put a credit card in. You just go over there. I think the templates are still intact, right, Chris? Like you have templates that are already pre-built and really the templates, even the old templates technically are still okay because it only ever requested one review request. The other ones were always feedback, um, then review or review, then feedback. Um, so, you know, I, I think that if you just even use the templates that are in, um, or if you, if you just wanted to use your own, I think you're, you're still ahead of the game. But the one thing I want to stress is that customer service, if you want to stand out in this crowded space, you need to have amazing customer service. And, I, and that, that's even you being inside Salesbacker and then you being notified that there was a negative review left on your thing. And then you're instantly able to go over there and then communicate with that reviewer on the review itself to show that you're behind your company and that you want to take care of your customers. Like that's another thing that I think a lot of people drop the ball on. Definitely. There's people that will just be like, Oh, I got a negative review. That's a bummer. And they won't comment on that public review, but commenting on the public review is important. particularly if the product that you're selling or the niche you're operating in just has buyers that are more um, sensitive to doing research and trying to really determine if it's something they, they want to move forward with buying. And there's a lot of competitors because if they see that, you know, companies replying and they're willing to make things right and they're providing instructions on how to contact them, then that's much different than just simply seeing, you know, a negative review and then no one's saying anything. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I think that's huge. Um, and the other thing I want to point out too is when you're able to see these, like a lot of people, they'll, 
they'll just ignore those or they won't pay much attention to those. Um, you know, you and I were talking uh, a little while ago and you were telling me like you're hiring someone that's going to go through for product development to look at your negative reviews on certain products. So this way here, it helps you develop products, better products. Definitely. I mean, if you, if you can find ways to, I mean, if you're not already, if you're doing your customer service yourself, then you'll be seeing these emails as they come through. Uh, But typically when I talk with sellers, one of the first people they hire is someone to help with customer service. And if you can use the feedback that they're providing either as complaints to your products or things that they wish that things could be different than that, you can use that feedback to iterate and provide, you know, a better product with future orders as well. And that's mm-hmm. something that, that that's definitely worth doing as well. Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you this, because a lot of people are, are still like not sure or they don't even consider it, but do you feel like feedback on your account is worth something? I'm still in the camp that it, it's worth uh, asking for seller feedback in addition to asking for a product review. I think they're mm-hmm. both um, important metrics to to have, but it's I, I think that in the end, um, the product reviews are are still, well, in my opinion, the, the more important uh, metric. Um, but it's yeah. still good to ask for both because it's kind of like, you know, like a seller feedback, it's kind of just like getting, if I use like a Google analogy, they're like kind of getting links to your, to your seller profile. And that can kind of yeah. help when you're launching your products if they see that you've got you know, high seller feedback and you've got a lot of products. And then you've on this, in addition to that, you have, you know, thousands of reviews across those products. Um, then that can be more helpful when you launch new products. Mm, yeah. And that's kind of what I was, I was leading towards. I mean, myself, I, I believe I can't, I can't prove it, but I would think that the, the more feedback you get on your account, the more seasoned it gets kind of like you said, like an authority site that you would build over time. And you have, it's like you have history with Amazon and they're giving you votes by a link in a sense. Um, same, the same idea, you're getting a a vote that you've done a good job and same thing works that if you have like, you know, a three star on your feedback, that's going to hurt, right. That'll also take you down. So that's why I think the health of your, of your account is, is based off of your feedback in, in some way. Definitely. You know, I, I agree with that as well. And yeah. if, of course, the reviews, is, it's much more simple. It's just, you know, if you have, you know, comparing uh, different products in the same niche, if you see a competitor that has a lot more reviews than you, um, then they're going to be more likely to get the sale than, than you are, if all else being equal, right? If you're, if they're just looking at two exact uh, similar products. But of course, that's why, you know, we talk about trying to make products that are more unique and using the feedback from, from reviews that you see to, to improve those products as well. But Anyways, that's like a whole other discussion. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let me ask you this. While, while I have you on here, I want to pick your brain on this. So what's what's what are you seeing right now that you feel is like good practice for people to utilize the follow-up um, to, to get the most out of that follow-up? Honestly, like, what are you seeing? Yeah, honestly, it's still a lot of the, the same. It's just, you know, that first email to provide, you know, the outlet for customer service and to kind of almost preempt problems before they become problems because they know that, okay, I can contact this seller if there's, a, if there's an issue and I've already remember receiving that email. Um, and then that follow-up email after that to ask for seller feedback where you, you know, can send that shortly after the product's been delivered. And then the final email just to ask for a product review. Like, that's still kind of what you talked about early on and, and that's mm-hmm. still kind of what, we see doing really well with sellers as well. Some sellers send, you know, occasionally more emails than that. Um, others send less, um, but that's still like a, a, a great practice. And the reason why I, I think that long-term Amazon will continue to allow sellers to send emails is just because they know that 
getting more reviews on the products on Amazon is in the best interest of their marketplace because it helps buyers make more informed decisions. Right. So in my opinion, it's unlikely that they'll make any change to that. And so for now, it's still just, you know, those three emails is what uh, is a really common, good, solid strategy. Let me ask you this. So, and, and I know that one of the other big ones is, you know, like, like people can opt out and, you know, deliverability. Like, what are you seeing on that front? I mean, you're always going to have, you know, some of a, a bit of a drop off compared to maybe what it was like several years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. but we're still seeing sellers being effective and they're continuing to, to use sales back, or at least from the stats that we see um, that people are still, you know, getting value from the, the service. Um, and so I don't know if it's been a huge huge impact. Um, there's been maybe a little bit of one, right? Because people can opt out of receiving emails, but really the thing is the way, the way I like to look at it is that you don't really want to email the people that don't want emails in the first place because they're likely to end up giving you a negative review or just kind of getting mad, um, as occasional random people do, uh, that you might Mm. be interacting with, uh, that are, have purchased your products. And so really we kind of saw that change. That was like another change a while back. We saw that as more positive because, you know, it just gets, it makes sure we aren't able to email those people that don't don't want those um, don't want to be getting emails anyways. Yeah, the other thing I I think for people is like, well, people aren't seeing my email or they're not opening my email. Can you give us a couple of uh, of thoughts or tips on like what would be good practice for you know a good subject line that could get you to get more opens uh, or at least to get people to see it? Yeah, so you kind of alluded to that earlier. We have we do have you know, pre-built email campaigns when people sign up and use, use that. And that's, right. and they can use as like an initial starting point. Um, yeah. I like, and the other thing too is I do believe that people will get, you know, better results if they can customize um, their emails more specifically. Yeah. And so if you're doing research, just like email marketing, uh, best practices or email marketing tips or doing strategies like that, but then tailoring it to your specific niche, then yeah. you're going to get, you know, much better results than anything more, uh, general that that I might say, or that you might read, uh, or even that you might see from specific existing campaigns. Um, but you know, doing things like you know, asking questions like, "What did you think of this product?" Um, those types of of subject lines can do well. Um, it's tough to say for for every single niche because they can be different. But I would sure. say that to to look at at what uh, you know, just look at the, the space you're in and try and kind of tailor that. I still like using humor in the emails that we send. Mm-hmm. Um, those have done well. Uh, but and I've seen people like allude to, to those and, and product reviews in the past and things like that. But um, that's what I suggest really. So look at look at the niche that you're in and then try and focus on on writing emails and trying to really target to that demographic. Like who's your most common buyer and mm. what are their what do they care about? and then kind of tailoring your messaging in that way. Yeah, no, I I love that. I I think one other little side tip that I would like to give is like when you're sending this stuff out, you're also initiating a conversation. And if you do get someone that replies to you, definitely make sure that you reply back. Like they've opened up a dialogue with you. They've opened up the conversation. If you message them back, like I'm telling you, like most, you know, like sellers are not doing that. Yeah. Right. So if you want to stand out, they're like, oh, my gosh, like the owner actually reached out to me and and did this. Right. Like so that stuff goes so, so far 
on, on how well you can do and stand out amongst all of the competition. Again, I see a lot of people that just, they just bank on the product. They bank on getting some reviews some way, somehow, and they think that's the answer to everything. To me, the answer is, is to continually show up and, and really provide customer service like top notch. And the other thing is, is if there's ever a problem, do not hesitate to just give them like a refund or give them something in exchange for their troubles right? Like that could be shipping them another product and saying, you know, like give one of these as, you know, a gift to your family or a friend or something like that. We want to make sure that you're hundred percent satisfied. But so many people look at that one sale, like, oh my gosh, I just lost money on that one sale, you know? So to over deliver to those people, it just goes so, so far in, in really just standing out from the crowd. You know, I just see it. A lot of people don't realize that, but you have such an opportunity there. Don't, you know, like don't ruin that. Definitely. That's, that's great. That's great. Uh, suggestion for people as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. So again, I just wanted to get you on and kind of give me like the, the, uh, you know, I guess from someone that actually runs a business that deals with giving feed or sending feedback and, and reviews and, and just emails in general, I wanted you to tell me your thoughts and you have, um, anything else you want to add here before we wrap up that anyone should know? Yeah, I mean, I know this is kind of more of a, a, a shorter episode because it's just kind of like, here is this change, here is the, here's what we were telling people and when they're asking, and then, you know, now this change is gone, so now we're just kind of waiting to see if they bring it back on. Um, so I would just say that, you know, if there are changes in the future, which there there's certain to be when you're dealing with Amazon on really anything, whether it's messaging, um, reviews, anything along those lines, there's going to be changes in the future. Um, certainly if it's related to something that, that we do as sales backer and you can contact us and, and we'll be able to tell you like up to date, um, what we advise. Uh, but I would just say that just be able to just embrace the change and be willing to find ways to continue to, to differentiate yourself from your competitors. And, and there's many ways you can do that, whether it's, you know, in the marketing that you're doing, trying to do things off Amazon, which, which like I know you're talking a lot about as well, Scott, uh, to try and, uh, launch products and do things like that. Uh, but I would just say be willing to embrace the change and know it's going to come. And if there are things that come up, then certainly reach out to us and we'll be, yeah. I will let you know what's going on. Absolutely. I mean, you guys have to be like on that, you know what I mean? Like, and that's kind of like, whenever I hear a change, I'm instantly like messaging you and I'm like, so what's up with this? Or, you know, like, what's your thoughts? What are you guys doing? Like, and so this way here, you know, you guys have to you know, more or less kind of pay attention to that stuff because, you know, you are, uh, you know, you're, you're dealing with that. And, and wouldn't, wouldn't you guys also be kind of cut off from the API or am I wrong in thinking that? Like, is the API connecting, is that allowing you to do something and then eventually not be able to do something? Couldn't they just cut off the access to the API? I mean, it, the API is used for more than just a uh, message oh, okay. that we use. Um, so okay. they wouldn't likely do that. If Amazon were ever to make it uh, a more severe change, then they would just make it through like their TOS update. But like when we ha- when we saw that change come through, for instance, we did like a, a mass mail to everyone that was an active user of, of SalesBack at the time. Okay. Told okay. them to, you know, modify their email campaign so that if they had, you know, more than one product review link in a separate email to just have a product review link in, in only one of their emails. But for the most part, that was the only change. And and that's all really sad. But yeah, we're, of course, on top of that. And so if things change, um, which, you know, maybe they will in the future, um, we'll, of course, notify people that, that need to be notified as well. 
Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, de definitely go check out Salesbacker. I'm still a fan. I'm still using it. Um, and, and again, I'm still going to be following up and it would either be a tool like this or someone that I would hire to send manual, uh, emails. So I'm going to use a tool while I still can. So definitely check out Salesbacker, theamazingseller.com forward slash salesbacker. And again, I will include the link in the show notes. You can get a uh, free trial there. No credit card. Go ahead and start sending uh, emails. As soon as you get orders, you're going to start sending emails as long as you set that up to do so. And uh, you can start communicating with your customers. So Chris, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and coming on the show and kind of giving us the the ins and the outs of this uh, this complex Amazon uh, system and, uh, and channel because it's always changing as Google is, as YouTube is, any channel. They're going to be monitoring this stuff. So once again, man, I want to say thank you for coming on and kind of clearing up some of these uh, these uh, rumors that have been going around and uh, and giving us your take on that. So I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Thanks for the invite. All right, so there you have it. I wanted to have Chris on once again to kind of get to the bottom of this and let us know what is happening right now and also what his thoughts are on this new announcement, which was there and now it's gone and who knows, maybe it'll be back. But I think now you can see best practices are always usually the right thing to do anyway. We're not trying to game the system or anything like that. And that's why I like having Chris on because we get to hear exactly how he would approach it. You know, he has to do things above board. He's got a lot of people using that tool and he needs to make sure that he's doing things on the up and up. So hopefully you found value in that. Hopefully you think about how you want to follow up with your customers in the future. And I think that you should, and I think you should really do a great job of serving those people and making sure that they have the best experience possible. All right. So once again, little reminder, if you want to check out Salesbacker, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash salesbacker. And I'll also link everything up in the show notes. You can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 593. Once again, the show notes can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 593. All right, guys. So get out there, have some awesome customer service there. So your customers will be raving fans of your business, of your brand, and you will grow no matter what Amazon does, no matter what algorithm changes there are, you'll always be able to serve your customers and have an amazing business. All right, guys. So that's it. That's going to wrap it up. As always, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode.